if you had the uh, if you were able to join us last week Wednesday you actually were in the middle of our legacy camp and legacy camp was amazing we had over 200 youth here and we've seen lives change we've seen people get called into ministry we've seen just kids give their lives to God and it was just wonderful but as amazing as that was that whole camp wouldn't have been possible without the hearts of those of us that wanted to partner with God see the amazing thing is that when we tithe when we obey God in that he takes what we give and he multiplies it in his way he does it or he takes it and he does things that only he can think about so that being said we're going to use this time to pray over the tithes and offerings but if you're brand new here or if you're visiting from another church we feel, we ask that you not feel obligated to give but you'd give where you feel fed but th- for those of us that do call this our home that do call this where we get fed this is our opportunity to partner with the lord let's bow our heads dear heavenly father lord i just pray over the tithes and offerings I pray that you would bless this tithe, that you bless the hearts that give. And you'd take it, you'd multiply it, and you'd use it to further your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Christian. Woo. How many of you were here last week, Wednesday, when you had Legacy? Wasn't that crazy? Wasn't that awesome? That was awesome. You know, like Christian said, 200, over 200 students and small group leaders here, and it was just amazing, and seeing what God did in their lives last week, and looking forward to what he's going to continue to do is so amazing, and I know Pastor Marcus Ellington was here last week, and he did an awesome, awesome job, and so we're so grateful that he was here last week, but uh, tonight, we're continuing, we're actually in a series where we're talking about faith, and tonight, we're going to talk about a faith that lets go, and one of my favorite uh, illustrations was uh, I actually remember it. I did this one, for one of my very first messages that I ever gave here at New Hope Church. I had a ladder, and I brought out a ladder, and I had uh, one, of our, uh, one of my friends, uh, who was a former youth that I got to see grow up, I had him climb the ladder. And it was about, a, I think, a ten, like maybe a 10-foot tall ladder. And so I told him, uh, hey, so here's what I need you to do. I need you to just climb up this ladder. So he, took, he, he gets onto the first rung. He's like, okay. And I'm like, no, you, you have to go a little bit higher. Oh, okay. He goes into the next one. No, no, no. A, a little bit more higher. Okay. And so I'm pretty much telling him he's already above my head by this time. And I'm like, you, you got to keep going. A little bit more, a little bit more. And so he finally climbs to the very top. And so I told him, uh, he's still holding on. He was, I think he's at the very top and he's holding on. He's like, okay, now what? And so I told him, now when I tell you, I need you to let go and fall backwards. Now, you may have seen this done with other people or other illustrations where they have a group of people that stand behind the person that's falling to catch them. The difference was, there was only me. And so he looks at me and I'm like, you ready? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna catch you. And he's like, what? I was like, yeah, I'm gonna catch you. He's like, wait, 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 where's everybody else at? There's nobody else, it's just me. Wait, that wasn't part of the deal. Where's everybody else? And I'm like, too late. You're already up there. He's like, so he's trying to climb down. I'm like, listen, that's the whole point of this illustration. Is when I tell you to, I want you to let go. And you got to trust that I'm going to catch you. And then, of course, I start going, oh, but you know, my back is sore, you know. Whoo, 
ah, okay, I started stretching. He's like, you're not making it easy. I'm like, okay, just, just trust me. When I tell you, let go. So I told him, okay, let's count it down. Three, two, one. He's still holding onto the ladder. I'm like, come on, let, you got to let go or I'm going to drag you off that ladder. And he's like, I don't want to do this. And I'm like, come on, just let, on the count of three, let go. One, two, three. And he let go and then he grabbed onto the ladder again. And I went, this is all about faith. Because a lot of times in faith, you're going to have to let go. And so I told him, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, I'm going to count it down one last time. And if you don't want to do it, then I'm going to have you just come down the ladder. And I failed in my very first message. <laughs> you know, guilt, right? Guilt works sometimes. So, uh, so I tell him, okay, so on the count of three, let go. And so I one, two, three, he let go. And I caught him. Now, I was smart about it because I didn't pick somebody that's, you know, my size. Because if that happened, I'd see Jesus. <laughs> so I just picked a little skinny, uh, a, a, a more skinnier person, and I caught him. And it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. And, but here's what I told him. I told him, what's so crazy is this. You think that faith was when you let go. You think that that's when you experience Jesus, when you let go. But the truth is, that's not when you experience Jesus. When you experience Jesus was the moment you let go and you fell backwards. In that free fall, you experienced Jesus. It's not in the letting go, but that's what it's going to take is a faith that lets go. And so tonight we're focusing on a faith that lets go. And while there are many areas in our lives that we must hold on with faith, there are also certain areas that we must let go I'm not going to lie to you. Tonight's one is a little bit hard because I think for all of us, we kind of deal with this, including myself. And one of the areas that Jesus calls us to practice our faith in is in the area of forgiveness. You see, our faith allows us to be shaped into the image of God. But a lot of times, it's in the area of forgiveness that there tends to be interference with the transformation process that God is trying to do in our lives. You see, God is all about forgiveness. Somebody say amen, because if he wasn't all about forgiveness, you and I would not be here. See, God is all about forgiveness because he loves us. He sent his son to die on the cross so that we would be forgiven of all our sins and all our mistakes. But that's not the only forgiveness that God calls us to live out in faith. He also calls us to forgive one another. And so tonight, I want to ask you a question. I'm going to ask that you be bold. Raise your hand if you've ever been hurt or offended by someone. Yeah, keep put your hands down. See, I think the truth is that everyone here has been hurt, offended, betrayed, or mistreated by someone at least once in their lives. Some of us, it's small, so we kind of brush it off, but some of us, we've experienced some that are big, and they impact our lives. And so what do we do with it? Do we hold on to the hurt, the pain, and the offense? Or do we let go of it? Well, tonight, we're going to discover three things that take place when we live out of faith that lets go. And in Matthew six twelve, it says it like this, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. You know what's so amazing is this. That's the Lord's Prayer. Jesus actually tells his disciples, this is how you're supposed to pray. The disciples ask Jesus, how am I supposed to pray? And Jesus gives them this answer. I remember this prayer when I was a kid and I didn't even know Jesus. 
I remember my grandma would tell me, this is how you pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as, as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's how my grandma taught me. And you know, what was, you know what's amazing is this, Picture this, Jesus gets asked by his disciples, how do I pray? And when he gives them the instructions how to pray, he puts that in there. Which means that this is super important. That we understand that although, yes, we are supposed to be forgiven, we're to ask for forgiveness, we're also to give it. That's why it's super important. And that's what it means to have a faith that lets go because a faith that holds on isn't really faith. The first thing is this, a faith that lets go brings us healing. It brings us healing. That's the first thing it does. I remember a couple years ago, uh, we were getting ready for water baptism. And for the first time in a long time, we decided that, hey, you know what? The youth ministry, we're going to take down some stuff. We're going to take down uh, hot dogs and hamburgers. We're going to grill. So we got to bring a grill and a a cooler and drinks and all that. So we're going to go down to water baptism. We're going to have food and we're going to hang out and it's going to be awesome. And so... We fought, one of our uh, youth leaders had a truck, and so we're like, okay, so right after third service, what we're going to do is we're going to load everything into the truck, and we're going to head down to Coconut Island, get set for the water baptism, and just hang out, and it's going to be great. Because I love water baptism, how we all hang out, talk stories, play volleyball or football, and just watching what God is doing in the lives of his people. And so here we are, we're at church, and, and we're loading up the truck, and so we're throwing the cooler in, we're throwing the grill in, we're throwing everything in, and so I'm, we're, I'm like, okay guys, we're set, I need to jump into my car so I can get down to water baptism. And so uh, I'm in, I'm, I'm everyone's like, okay, let's jump in the truck. I'm, so I'm telling my friend, hey yo, let me jump in the back of your truck, take me to my car. Well, I jump on his tailgate, I'm jumping on his bumper, and I'm like this on the tailgate. I'm like, okay, you know what, just go, just go, just go. <clears throat> so I'm, so I'm, I'm holding on, and uh, my other, the other youth leader who's in the back of the truck is telling me, hey, Pastor Ben, you probably should get inside. And my friend who's now driving the truck is like, hey, Pastor Ben, you should go inside the truck bed. I'm like, nah, nah, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And then I go, hey, just whatever you do, no, like, no, like, no, like, punch the gas out or anything, because I'm holding on to the tailgate. Well, apparently my friend didn't hear that who was driving, And as soon as we turn the corner, he gasses it. And I fall off the truck and tumble. And I realize my body is not young because I was in pain. Like, I ripped my shorts. Thankfully, this is after church. There wasn't really anybody here. I scratched my glasses. And then I look down at my knee, and I see that, oh, there's a big cut. Like, I got gashed on my knee. And as I'm looking at my knee, I'm going, hey, that's cool. I have some of the earth in my knee, some gravel and stuff, you know? So I'm like, okay, cool. And so, and so everybody's like, oh, Pastor Ben, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, 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 Inside I'm going, because ah, I'm not tough. I'm just saying, I'm not tough. When I get hurt, I try to put on a, I try to put on a brave front, but inside I'm dying inside. I'm going, ah. And so uh, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I got to get ready for water baptism. So I go into the back, I, I wrap my, I just, I'm like, you know, trying to be brave, right? So I just wrap my knee with gauze. I don't even clean it, I don't even wash it. It's just like, yeah, I just, you know, hey, I came from the earth. I, you know, it's the earth, we're good. And so we go down to Coconut Island. I get into the water for water baptism. And man, did that sting a little. And then I'm standing next to Bunny, and Bunny's like, you care? And I'm like, yeah, so I'm telling her what happened. You know, I'm like, yeah, you know, I fell off. And she's like, what? Like, yeah, my knee is bleeding. She's like, what? Because, you know, Bunny doesn't like sharks, and she knows that, you know, blood, 
attract sharks. And so she's like, she starts freaking out. She's like, get out of the water. I'm like, bun, it's fine. I mean, if anything, the sharks would have been here already. And so, uh, so you know, I'm, I'm doing all that. Clean up, go home, and then it hits me. I have to go take a shower. And by this time, Katie now knows what happened. And she tells me before, she goes, I want to see your knee. I want to see your knee. And so I unwrap my, my gauze and I, 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 I uh, show her what my knee looks like. And here's the scary part. She smiled. <laughs> like sinisterly. Because she looked at it and she looks at me and she goes, you know you're going to have to clean it, right? And I'm like, no, 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 we're good. We're good. It's, it's the Aina. I came, you know, it's, we're good. <laughs> She's like, no, if you don't, it's going to get infected. So I'm like, okay. So I go in the shower. I rinse it as best as I can. And the time, by the time I come out of the shower, I see her. She has everything laid out. <laughs> like she was planning this. Like she was planning for me to get hurt one day. And she's like, oh, here's the gauze. Here's the rubbing alcohol. I was like, where did that big bottle of rubbing alcohol come from? Like what? And so she's like, sit down. She's like, this is going to hurt a little. Ah! She's like, I didn't even touch you. I'm just, I'm just practicing. I'm just practicing. And then she, I, see her, I, see, I see her putting the alcohol on the gauze, and I start tearing because I'm like, I've seen this happen. I know it's going to happen. And she's like, it's okay. It's okay. Bah! I'm like, and I start screaming. I'm not even joking. I was like, can I get a pillow? Can I get something to bite on? Because I'm like, stop. And so she's like, she's like scrubbing it. And my wife, you think, oh, no. You know, she's a pastor's wife. She's going to be loving. She's going to be shining Jesus. No. She was rubbing that bad boy. Like, I was like, enough, enough. I don't like see my kneecap. Like, I was like, stop. You're making it worse. And she's like, I have to make sure I get everything out. So finally, It's done. I'm like, I probably lost like 20 pounds because I was crying and sweating. And I look at my knee and she goes, now the other one. It's like, no, leave it alone. So she cleaned it. It wasn't as bad, but this one was really bad. And so she wrapped it up and she said, you have to take care of it like that because you got hurt. You had rocks in your, in your cut. You went to Coconut Island, which is clean water, right? <laughs> and she said, she said, if you don't take care of it, you could, you could infect it. You could have, something could build, and you might lose your leg. So that's why I had to clean it really well. You know what's interesting is it's the same thing with, with unforgiveness. It's the same thing what we'll do with hurts and pains that people give to us. You see, the Bible says it in Ephesians 4, 31 to 32, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You see, when we, when we have a faith that lets go and we start to forgive people, there starts to bring healing. Because there's some of us right now, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you, there's some of us right now that if we were to look at our hearts, it's not what we think it is. We may think, no, 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 because I know Jesus, my heart is good. yes. But is there unforgiveness? Is there resentment? Is there bitterness? Is there anger? Is there something because of past hurts and offenses that's destroying it slowly? And then sometimes we'll often believe the lie that, oh, well, if I forgive them, it lets them off the hook. So I don't want to forgive them. I want them to remember what they did. 
But the, but the truth is that although we might think that, hey, if we forgive them, then they face no consequences for what they did to us. The truth is forgiving others for what they did allows the healing process to start in us. I want you to imagine this. Imagine if you had to have some kind of big surgery, important surgery, like heart surgery. And I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine you wake up early, you got to get ready for the surgery, so you go to the, you go to the hospital, they have the room all prepped, they prep you, they take everything, you know, they're getting you ready, they have you hooked up to the machines, you see the doctor come in, right? And they say, okay, hey, it's gonna, everything's going to be okay, everything's going to be fine, we're going to calm down to, from 10, and then you're going to fall asleep. And then so they do, and then you wake up, and he's like, congratulations, the operation was successful, except for one small thing, we only operated on half of your heart. I don't know about you, but I'd be like, what? Why did you only operate on half? I don't think any of us would say, hey, if my whole heart, if my, my, when it comes to my heart, I want the whole thing fixed. The interesting thing is, a lot of times this is what we'll do. We'll ask God for forgiveness. We'll come to God and we'll say, Lord, we want, I ask for your forgiveness because I did this, 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 this. Change my heart. And so he'll change that part of your heart. But what about the part that's holding on to resentment and bitterness and anger? What about that heart that, what, a part, what about that part of you that's holding on to the offense and the hurt and the pain from somebody that, that, from something that they did to you? That doesn't change. And if it doesn't change, that other half of you that got healed doesn't make any sense either. It has to be all or nothing. That's why Ezekiel 36, 26 says it, I will give you a new heart and, new, and put a new spirit in you. I will, remove, I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. God doesn't say, I'm going to give you half a new heart. I'm going to remove part of that stony heart. No, he says, I'm going to give you a whole new one. You see, we come to Jesus and we ask for forgiveness, which he freely gives. The Bible says that he freely gives us forgiveness. And a lot of times they'll think, okay, that's great. Well, I'm completely healed. But are we really? You see, that's why Jesus calls us to forgive others just as we have been forgiven. So we can experience healing from both our debts that we made to God, as well as the debts that's owed to us from other people. In Matthew 18, it tells a story. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. And since he was, not, he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But... When that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. <clears throat> Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then, then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged to me. You begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? 
In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Now here's the key I want us to hear because this is Jesus now talking to the disciples. He says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. You see, Jesus reminds us that his forgiveness is supposed to be healing for all of us. That when you and I are forgiven, we're healed. He gives us that healing power and forgiveness. But it's not just for us to hold on to. It's for us to say, okay, thank you, Lord, for healing me. Now let me heal others. Let me heal these people in my life, in my life that have hurt me. Because you want to bring healing to everybody. You know, I remember... Uh, I remember going out with this, this girl and uh, we were going out and then we broke up. And it was hard. It was super hard. I mean, I thought, I thought, I thought she was the one. I paid her, I put everything in it and we ended up breaking up. And because I had a broken heart, it was hard because you know, this is my first relationship that I had. And, and so I remember uh, just, just feeling broken inside and, and then with the events that happened after, she ended up having a boyfriend and, and I felt like I was lied to and I felt all these other emotions and I, and I just, I, to be honest, I felt betrayed. I felt hurt, I felt betrayed. And so I remember uh, in, in about a year after, uh, she actually wanted to join a ministry that I was actually kind of part of the leadership team. And I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm not, I'm not gonna be very transparent. I didn't want her there. And so when she would come up, uh, I, would make, I would make it miserable for her. Because the thing is, the truth is, as much as I loved her at this moment, I hated her. I hated her. Because of that pain. Because of that brokenness. Well, because there was so much friction, she ended up not coming back to church for years. She went and did her own thing, and as I, I stayed here. And the funny thing is, I stayed here, and I was in ministry. Well, years would go by, and she would come back, she came back, and she was interested in serving in youth ministry, which is where I was serving too now. And I remember getting told, oh, so-and-so wants to join youth ministry, and I was like, what? Huh? And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, should they, should they, should they serve in youth ministry? And I, and I remember, and by this time, though, God was already starting to bring healing into my heart. And so I kind of was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's okay. And uh, she was still with her boyfriend and all this and that and and so I remember um, the first time she came up to serve I, you know you ever, you ever had the experience where you, there's that person where you kind of have like you're not sure where you're at and so you kind of like how's it <laughs> like like you acknowledge them but you like walk away from them like, like I'm showing love by saying hi and I'm walking that way you go that way I go this way and so that's kind of how it was. And then eventually we kind of started talking a little bit more and, and talking a little bit more. And then and I remember going, Lord, what about the pain? He's like, you can hold on to the pain or you can bring, have healing. And so I remember we started talking. And eventually we started, we started uh, talking more and, and, and uh, hanging out as friends. And I remember uh, just, I remember we actually talked about it. We were like, you remember when you started coming up and, you know, I hated you. She's like, ah, I hated you too. And I was like, oh, great. Well, we ended up talking stories, ended up talking stories, talking stories, and eventually, years later, <laughs> she'd become my wife. <laughs> that's, the, that's the true story. And, 
And the thing is this, Katie would never have become my wife if I didn't let God bring healing. Katie would never allow me to be her husband if God didn't bring healing for her. You see, forgiveness brings healing. The second thing is this. When you have a faith that lets go, it moves us forward. It moves us forward. I remember one time, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was after church, and a bunch of us were going, what are we going to do? So the great plan was, hey, let's go mudbogging up Kalmana. So if you don't know what mudbogging is, it's when you take your truck, you go find mud, and you have fun. Hopefully it's, you know, private land and not somebody's property. And so uh, I remember we went up Mount Kalmana and uh, we went up a bunch of us. And so uh, we're just mudbogging. And I've lived a very sheltered life as a kid, okay? And so I never went mudbogging before. And my friend who took me mudbogging, I tell him all the time, Brian, you, you tried to kill me out that day. You tried to kill me. Because you know that bar that's in your car? You know that one that you hold on to? I was, I, was, I was clinging onto that the whole time. Because we're on the truck. I'm wearing mud, so you don't have any control. So like, ah, ah, you're going to kill me. I don't want to see Jesus yet. And, and, and we're like driving all over. And, so and, and then all of a sudden, I, uh, one of our friends like motions, and we're like, what's going on? Well, his truck got stuck in the mud. And like I said, um, I don't know whose land we were in. And so we're thinking, oh my goodness, well, if, his, if we leave his truck here, they're, they're going to come find it, and then we're going to all get into trouble. And so uh, I remember my friend who was, you know, tried to kill me, I was like, I have a brilliant plan. We can't leave your truck here. We got to get it unstuck. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hit your car from behind. <laughs> and so they're talking, I'm, like I said, sheltered, sheltered, right? I'm listening to them. I'm thinking to myself. That has got to be the most stupidest idea I've ever heard in my life. You're going to hit his car. You're going to hit his car. I don't think like, wait, okay, you're stuck, so you're going to come in. Hit. Yeah, but now you're going to have a dent. That, you know, nobody cares about this? Like, I'm, I'm looking around like nobody sees this. And so, so I'm like, hey, I trust you guys. And so, uh, and the craziest part is this, is that, uh, I won't share that part, actually. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if that, we'll save that part. Yeah. <laughs> so, so sure enough, my friend comes around to the truck, and he hits the truck. And I'm standing there like flabbergasted because I'm thinking this is the dumbest thing in the world. You're going to hit his truck with your truck. Both your trucks can be dented. Both of your trucks don't work anymore. Now your boat's stuck. Now I'm stuck. Now... And so this is what I'm thinking. And so sure enough, he hits it out. He hits it out. They get out. He's fine. I look at their cars. No, no dent. I'm like, oh, Lord, you is definitely with us. Thank you because this is stupid. You see, the thing is, a lot of times, we'll find ourselves stuck if we choose not to forgive one another. You see, unforgiveness that comes from pain and hurt and offenses and, and mistreatment will often keep us stuck right where we're at. And I don't know about you, but I don't like staying stuck. You know, Isaiah 43, 18, 19 says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. You see, here's what I know for a fact is that if you get stuck somewhere, there's no growing. You're not going anywhere. You're just there. 
And a lot of times when it comes to our faith, God is saying, listen, I want to grow you. I want to take you places. I want to do all these great things, but I can't because you're stuck right here. I can push you. I can pull you. I can do whatever I can, but I can't move you unless you're willing to get unstuck and move with me. Because that's who God is. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force. He's going to try his best, but eventually it's up to us. You see, having a faith that lets go allows us to move forward. You see, sins that we commit as well as things committed unto us often tries to keep us stuck where we are. You ever notice that sin, when, you, when it comes to sin, if you ever sin, sin will always remind you of where you're at, never where you're going to go. You ever notice that sin likes to keep you right where your sin is, doesn't tell you to go forward? It, because it keeps you stuck. And here's the thing, while forgiveness found in Jesus allows us to move forward from our sins towards Jesus, it also allows us the opportunity to move forward with one another. But although it gives us the opportunity to move forward, some people don't want to move forward. See, we allow the pain and the hurt to dictate our lives rather than Jesus. And when that happens, it's not our faith but our flesh that leads us toward a direction that leads us far from Jesus. 1 Peter 3.9 says, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because, this, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. See, when we get stuck, a lot of times, that's when we let the enemy's voice come in and say, hey, listen, they did this to you, so do that to them. Hey, hey, they hurt you, they hurt you like this, we'll hurt them like that. See, that's the, that's, the, that's the technique of the enemy. When you stay put, you, you lose sight of where God wants to take you, and all you see is what you've done. All you see is what ha- happened to you, and now the enemy comes around and says, okay, so you know what? Here's what we're going to do. Because you're stuck, let's get you unstuck. Let's try this. Let's, let's do this. Let's do this. And what happens is, not only do you find yourself stuck, but now you find yourself deeper in the mud that you were stuck in in the first place. And I remember this, uh, I remember one time my, my two youngest daughters, Brianna and Adrian, uh, they're, they were, we're at home and I hear them play, talking all of a sudden and I hear my, my daughter Brianne crying. And I'm like, why are you, hey, what's going on? And, and I know exactly what happened already because my daughter Adrian, who's the youngest right now, is a bully. She's a bully. And she loves to bully her sister Brianne. And so I, I come, I go, Brianne, come here. What happened? And she's like, Adrian, Adrian. Brianne, breathe. And I'm like, she's like, Adrian, Adrian didn't want to, he's like, let me watch TV on the iPad. I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, Adrian, Adrian just took it from me. And she says, and she's like, no, let me watch the iPad. So I'm like, okay, Adrian, come here. And my daughter, Adrian, she has like unlock, like she knows, like she walks to daddy and she's like, Yes, dad. She's two years old. She knows. And so I'm like, Adrian, did you take that from your sister? And she's like, I don't think she's going to say no. She's like, uh-huh. I'm like, Adrian, your sister had it. That's your sister. She's watching. Let her watch. And so Brianne tries to take it from Adrian, and Adrian takes it back and pushes uh, Brianne. And I'm witnessing this like, you know, your father's right here. Yeah? Like, why are you guys doing this right in front of me? And so I'm, I'm like scolding them. And finally I said, you know what? Both of you guys are in timeout. Go over there. I take the iPad away. 
And it's funny because as soon as I take the iPad away from, from both of them, they start crying. I'm like, you guys are on timeout, go sit down and all that. And so they're sitting in timeout crying their eyes out because they cannot share this iPad. And so I look at them and I tell them, you guys know why you're on timeout, right? And so I tell Brian, Brian, do you know why you're on timeout? Yeah, because I tried to take the iPad away. And Adrian, do you know why you're, yeah, do you know why you're on timeout expecting the two-year-old to you know, give me really good conversation about it? And she's like, because I hit, hit, hit sister. I'm like, yeah, you guys need to share. And so, you know, they, they come back to, they look at each other and like, oh, say sorry. They hug and all this. And I'm like, okay, here you go. You guys can have the iPad back. And what I was trying to tell them was, listen, you can't, Brianne, yeah, it was wrong for Adrian to take it away from you, but that doesn't mean you take it right back. And Adrian, you don't get to take away and hurt your sister because she's doing something that you want to do. You guys need to talk. You guys are sisters. I get it because, you know, they're four, five, four, five, whatever, and two. <laughs> I'm so lost right now. But here's the thing, though. What I'm trying to tell them is, listen, you guys can stay stuck and argue about the iPad, or you guys can work it out together. You see, that's the thing when it comes to forgiveness. We can either stay stuck in unforgiveness or we can be willing to forgive and try to work things out. You know what's so amazing is that a lot of times when people hurt us, there's this moment where we want to get revenge. But God tells us through Jesus to not even think about that. Instead, Jesus actually says this. He says, love your enemy. He says, Love your enemy. In other words, don't stay stuck in what happened to you. Yeah, what happened to you may have been bad, evil, whatever it may be. But you don't, get to, you don't have to stay there. You can stay stuck there. Listen, some of you are here and maybe you got hurt really badly. And I mean badly. But can I tell you this tonight? You don't have to stay there. You don't have to let whatever happened dictate your entire life. You don't have to stay there. Through the power of Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, you can forgive one another. You know how I know this? is because in the Bible, there's a story of a young man who, who was very much wronged. And not by strangers, but by his family. And because he was wronged by his family, all these other situations took place. I mean, first they wanted to kill him. Then they sold him to slavery. Then he gets put into the, into the government. Then he gets... Uh, Accused of doing something that wasn't even true. Gets thrown into prison. Gets told, promise, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have somebody release you from prison. That person forgets all about him. His name was Joseph. And he had many things go against him. He had many opportunities for him to say, I'm stuck right here. I'm stuck being sold into slavery by my brothers. I'm stuck being accused of something that I didn't even do. I'm stuck in this prison when I was promised that I'd be released, but he didn't stay stuck. Instead, he forgave. And in Genesis 50, verse 15 to 21, we see this. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. 
So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he, re- and he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. You see, Joseph could have easily held a grudge toward his, towards his brothers. He had every right to, but instead he forgave them. And because he had a heart for forgiveness towards his brothers, God was able to move, forward, move Joseph forward no matter what the circumstances were. You know, there's a, part in my, there's a time in my life where somebody wronged me, and it was big, and it was, it was, it was in church. And I remember, uh, I remember I held on to it because I felt like all these moments that happened, I didn't deserve it. I was hurt. I felt betrayed. And I was like, I didn't deserve any of it. And I remember uh, I was praying to God, and I was like, Lord, I deserve every—I deserve every, I have every right to feel the way I'm feeling. I have every right to feel like this, and I have every right to want something junk to happen to him. And I remember it was in this sanctuary. I remember feeling that way. And God spoke and he said, you can definitely stay stuck where you're at. You can definitely feel like that. You can definitely say all those things. But here's the thing. If you don't change your heart, if you stay stuck here, I cannot move you forward. Meaning that if you don't forgive, I will never be able to bless you the way you want. Was it easy? No. I remember saying, God, it's not fair. And I love how God says, you know, and I love it when God speaks to you and he goes, it wasn't fair for my son to be on the cross, but I put him there anyway. And so I forgave him. That guy I had a problem with, I forgave him. I always, I always look back at it like this. If I didn't forgive him, I wouldn't be where I am today. Because sure enough, God fulfilled his promises. See, God always wants to move us forward. It's up to us, though, if we stay stuck where we're at. And the last thing is this, a faith that lets go, it sets us free. It sets us free. See, I remember playing as a kid, um, being in elementary, I'd play this game called Cops and Robbers. And you have like some of your friends, they're cops, and some of them, they're robbers. And it's basically a like, tag, but you have like a jail. The cops try to arrest you, and they put you in jail. And for me, I always loved being the robber. It was more fun because <laughs> he tried to outsmart the cops. And so I remember when we were in elementary, we had this, uh, this huge jungle gym thing. It was like this big sphere with bars. And so we called that the jail. And so we'd run around, we'd run around, we'd run around. And as they capture us, we'd go to jail. And then the robbers, the, our friends, the robbers would come and try to rescue us and all that. And I remember uh, one time I was the robber and I was running. And I loved it because I was running. I was going to go get my friend who was in jail. And so I run. I tag him. I turn around. And my other friend who's not a cop tags me and I'm out. And so we're both in jail. And the funniest part about it is that when we were in jail, we were having fun because we kept climbing the the bars and all this and that. And and we forgot all about it. We forgot all about the fact that we were playing cops and robbers. We just enjoyed climbing the monkey bars and, and running around in this fear thing. I think sometimes for some of us here, we're so locked up right now that if we don't let Jesus in, we're going to say we'd rather be there. Because believe it or not, there are prisons far different than those of bars. And when it comes to unforgiveness, A lot of times what we do is we think that 
we're free, but the reality is we're walking into the cell, closing the door. And the very ones that we've accused of hurting us, we're in there with them. The difference is we put ourselves there. See, Galatians 5.1 says, it, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You see, when it comes to forgiveness, the truth is that forgiveness sets us free to allow Jesus to transform our lives. But when we don't allow the forgiveness that Jesus has given us to set those who have hurt us free, then not only do we lock them up as well, but we find ourselves in prison. Listen, we won't experience the faith that God wants us to have if we don't forgive one another. And while we might experience forgiveness from God, we won't be faithful to follow Jesus because of the weight that will be holding us down. And to illustrate this, I'm going to call up Jared and Jamie. So, I'm going to give you guys the illustration. So this is Jared, and this is Jamie. And for this illustration purposes, Jared is going to represent us. Okay? Jared is, you know, strong, you know. And so, uh, and so Jared is representing us. Us who want to be faithful believers in Jesus. Jamie is going to represent the hurt, the pain, whatever it is that we have. And see, what happens is we want to say, oh, Lord, I want to follow you. But if we're not careful, if we don't forgive others who have hurt us, that hurt, that pain attaches itself to us. So go ahead, Jamie. And so now it's attached. Sorry, camera crew, I didn't tell you guys, but uh, and so here, now it's attached. It's a weight. It's a part of you now. But you're still saying, Lord, I want to follow you. So, hey, Jared, come follow me. So, so here's the thing. You want to follow Jesus. Okay, ready? Follow me. Okay, here we go. So you want to, you want, you, you. I cannot, I cannot. Okay. Can we give them applause, please? Thank you. You see, that's the thing. You see, we can say, Lord, I want to follow you. I ask for forgiveness. I want to follow you for the rest of my life. But that pain, that hurt, that resentment, that bitterness, that anger, that offense, if we don't take care of it, we're lying to ourselves that we're free. And the worst part about it is that Jesus himself gave us the key to unlock it. All we got to do is release it. You see, we can get caught up thinking that we have faith. But are we practicing it? Are we seeking forgiveness as well as setting others free with it? Are we allowing Jesus to mold us into his image? See, because I don't know about you, but the faith that I have says, Lord, I want to look more like you. Every single day, shape me into who you're calling and created me to be. If we want to be molded in his image, then we must be willing 
to set others free by forgiving them. Matthew 5, 23, 24 says it, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there, and there, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with them. Then come and offer your gift. You see, that's the heart of it right here. Reconciliation. Reconciliation means the restoration of relationships. And the truth is, our God is the God of reconciliation. He wants to restore relationships, not just with him, but with one one another. He calls us to let go and forgive so that we can begin to restore broken relationships in hopes that others would also develop a faith that lets go. And when we hold on to offenses and hurts, our perspective of who people are begin to change. But when we live by a faith that lets go, we, we allow not only us to see the potential in others, but to set them free to realize it in themselves. You know, in Acts 9, there's a story of a man, and I love it. His name was Ananias, and Ananias gets told by God, gets spoken to God, by, by God, and says, Ananias, I need you to go to this house. And in this house, you're going to find a man. His name is Saul of Tarsus. And what I need you to do is I need you to go and lay hands on him and pray for him because I'm going to use him for mighty works. But Ananias knows who this guy named Saul is. He knows that this is the same guy who ordered the death of other believers in this guy named Jesus. That he was the one that very much persecuted the way. And so Ananias is like, God, how can you send me there? Don't you know who this guy is? And I'm pretty sure Ananias is thinking about some of his friends that maybe got arrested or even worse. And he's saying, you want me to go to this house and lay hands on this guy and pray for him? What is that? And I love how God says, Ananias, I'm going to use him for for my purposes. See, Ananias saw the murderer, the person who put people in jail, but God saw the person who was going to help build the church. That the whole reason that why we're here is because of this person who shared the gospel in such a way that we know who Jesus is today. You see, we can hold on to unforgiveness, we can hold on to resentment, but we also, with doing that, we lock, up the, we lock up whatever God wants to do in their lives. We don't get to be a part of it. I love the fact that Ananias can now say that he was a part of what Saul did. You and, I wouldn't, you and I don't know what God is going to do in the, people, in, the, in the lives of his people, even those who hurt us. Because you and I are free in Jesus' name, but it's also in Jesus' name that we can turn to those who have wronged us and set them free. I just watched a video, and it was pretty crazy because uh, what happened was this mom lost her son. She lost her son because her son was killed. On a night... Uh, three young men came and shot her son. And so at the trial, the mom is there. This is her son, her baby boy. She's there at the trial and she sees one of the young men and he was at at the time of the shooting, this young man was 14 years old when he, he took part in this murder. And the video shows this mom, and the mom goes to this, this, this young man who's now an adult. 
And you, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking, dude, this person killed her son. Well, as he's walking, she approaches him. She hugs him. She puts her arms around him. She hugs him. And then she turns to the family of, of this young man who committed the act, and she hugs them too. They killed her son. And yet, the hurt and the pain that she probably was feeling, she was willing to forgive them. You know, it's so interesting, there's another story like that. There's a story of a, of a young man who, who did nothing wrong. Nothing. His only crime was that he loved. But people decided to put him on a cross. Let him hang there for over six hours and give his life. And you know what's so amazing is one of the last breaths, one of the last things that Jesus said was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. See, you might be here tonight and maybe you have hurt, pain, resentment, bitterness, whatever it is. Maybe somebody did you wrong and maybe you're holding on to it. I want to encourage you right now, if that's you, don't, don't hold on to it. Let it go. Let your faith, let that go. You might be saying, well, it's, it's not fair. You might be thinking, well, you don't even know what happened. You're right, I don't, but God does. See, you might be here and you might be, maybe you're hurting or broken and maybe someone hurt you or mistreated you and you find that it's hard to hear the phrase, forgive them, and maybe that's the farthest thing from your mind. And I'm not gonna lie to you and say that it's easy. I'm not gonna tell you that tomorrow you're gonna wake up and everything's gonna be sunshine and, and gumdrops. But maybe tonight, if you're here and that's you, maybe tonight you can start the process. Maybe tonight is the night where we cry out to God, Lord, let me forgive them the same way that you have forgiven me. And maybe you're here tonight and you're still holding on to it. They hurt me, so I get to do this. Or I get to hold on to this. I get to not forgive them for what they do, for what they did. Listen, the only thing we get to do really is look at Jesus. Because the truth is that the only one who, who is justified to hold on to the hurt, pain, afflictions, offenses, and sins is Jesus. And when he was on the cross, he cried on in pain and agony, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. You know, he didn't cry that out so that you and I would feel good. It's not a good saying. He cried that out because it's the truth. That as much as God loves you and me, he loves those who hurt us. That as much as God forgives you and me, he calls us to forgive one another. That as much as God has a plan for our lives, he has a plan for each and every one. See, faith isn't about raising our hands 
It's about walking step by step with Jesus. It's not about picking or choosing. It's about all or nothing. That out of the brokenness and pain, we can find the beauty because of Jesus. That is a faith that lets go. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Lord, we come before you tonight, Lord, and Lord, it is hard. Lord, there's some of us here that maybe we've been hurt. We've been abused. We've been mistreated. We've been offended. And as much as we love you, Lord, we're carrying that right now. But Lord, you say to let go. And that when we do, we experience you to the fullest. And so Lord, tonight, our hearts cry out, Lord, help us. That just as you have forgiven us, help us to forgive those who have hurt us. Lord, I pray that in this room and in this place, there might be someone who's, who's gone through a lot. Pray, Lord, let them be healed. Let them move forward. Let them be free. Not just because of the forgiveness that you give to them, but because of the forgiveness that you empower them to give to others. You might be here this you might be here tonight, and, and maybe that's you. Maybe you're here and you're holding on to hurt, you're holding on to pain, and Jesus is saying, let it go. Forgive just as I have forgiven you. And if that's you, with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, I'm going to ask that if that's you tonight, if you want to say, Lord, I cry out to you and I ask for your, not just your forgiveness, but for the forgiveness that I can give to others. If that's you tonight, with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, can I pray for you? I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. If that's you tonight, good. Lord, these hands represent our hearts that are they're crying out to you right now, Lord. That we've experienced pain, that we've experienced hurt from others. But Lord, from this moment on, no more. Because, Lord, we let go. We step fully into the faith of who you are. That, Lord, you call us to be forgiven completely. And so, Lord, I pray for those whose hands are up, whose hearts are open, that, Lord, give them the power by the Holy Spirit to not just walk in your forgiveness, but to give that forgiveness away to those who have hurt them. That, Lord, no longer will they be imprisoned. No longer will they be shackled. No longer will they be hurt and pain. No longer will they be stuck. But that, Lord, completely and wholly, Lord, their faith in you would be real. And it's not easy, Lord. You showed us it took a cross to forgive us of our sins. And you say to pick up our cross daily. But, Lord, the best part about it is you say we're not alone. For anyone else, anyone, any of us here who are feeling like that, Lord, remind us that. 
that just as we forgive others, we do so because you forgave us first. And with that, Lord, we look forward to what you're going to do, not just in our lives, but in the lives of your people. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for forgiving us. And thank you for being faithful to the very end. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, amen, amen.